What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Take Time Out with Trey Mosley. I am your host, Trey Mosley, and the young lady you see on your screen. Uh, well, right now, she is married, you know, but she has been Storm. She has been in Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, there's a show on Netflix, uh, brilliantly, uh, the, the colors and the, the, the animation you know, ah, ah, it's, it's breathtaking. Um, most of your video games and animation stuff that you like kids, she's on it. <laughs> just saying. And has the bubbliest <laughs> smile. She just want a pitch of cheeks. And she's in her bubblegum room because she like bubblegum. Very sweet. I give you. <laughs> you know, what an introduction. Oh my God! Thank you. Hello, hello, people. She has arrived. The princess is yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't That's noticed, we're job. going to have some fun today. Um, oh hell yeah! First of all, thank you so much. I know that um, you know if if you were an octopus, all eight arms will be filled with work. <laughs> so I thank your tentacles for being empty for this small frame of time. I appreciate that wholeheartedly uh for you anything happy to do it absolutely warms my heart to hear that so <laughs> let's begin in the beginning um before you were on our consoles and on our screens you were on our airwaves you were in radio yeah i was in radio yeah long time many moons ago so tell us about that experience and how um how did you get into to radio you know, it was uh, it was interesting at the time. I was a um, I was working three jobs in one. I was working at a company where I was a company that sold uh, railroad sold locomotive parts, um, and then they had a sister company next door that sold parts for boats. Apparently, boats, uh, marine. It's called marine systems, like boats and and trains. Apparently, have a lot of the similar parts. So. I would do purchasing. I was a purchasing agent for both companies um, and they had like five locations and I was like the top purchasing agent in all of their locations. And then I was also an inventory control specialist. So I would keep track of where all the stuff was. And then I also got promoted to be a warehouse supervisor. So I was kind of doing three jobs at once for about 10 grand a pop. <laughs> so I was really getting screwed. Yeah. But so I did that for a million years and uh, hated it. Absolutely hated it. And um, I, I just kind of thought I was doomed to hate work because I had tried different things. You know, I had I had been a, a bookseller at a, at a bookstore, which at the time was my favorite thing to do until I did everything else. I might also I'd been in inventory control. I'd been an assistant legal secretary. Um, I just a whole bunch of stuff I just really didn't like. And uh, so I heard at the time I was um, I, I was living in a small town uh, called Homa, Louisiana. It's about an hour west of New Orleans. And they had about four radio stations that were based there. Um, and they broadcast to the what was called the Tri-Parish area. We had multiple parishes outside of New Orleans. Um, that's counties for you guys, if you're not familiar with the parishes. Louisiana is the only people who do stuff different. But um, uh, so we had we had four different stations. Um, one was a country station, one was a, a classic rock station, one was an adult contemporary station, and then one was um, an ESPN sports talk radio station. And uh, I thought that the classic rock station was looking for a new voice, but come to find out it was the country radio station was looking for a DJ. Yeah, so I did not know this. So I asked a friend of mine who was a former DJ to help me like put together some sort of like fake air check or something so I could send it along with my interview paperwork. And um, so we put together, you know, I think we played like some REO Speedwagon song and me like reading the weather and, and the news and, and whatever. And 
uh, I got in and became uh, Lisa Logan middays on C107.5 KCIL, South Louisiana's home for today's best country and the legends. It just kind of stays with you. Um, did that for a million years um, and then eventually got promoted uh, to be a co-host on a rock station. And that was a big time blast um, with a wonderful gentleman named John, John DeLisi. Uh, we were partners on on the Wake and Bake Morning Show, which was an absolute blast. Is that we one of those like morning. morning zoo type shows? Pretty much, pretty much. And we were we were quite the zoo. We were quite outrageous, and we loved it. And so I would do rock in the mornings, country in middays, and then I also got promoted eventually again to be a DJ in the afternoon drive for the Adult Contemporary Station. And they probably would have promoted me again to be on the sports station for ESPN, but I wasn't having it. So oh, you know what? <laughs> did a lot of talking at that point it's in time. Enough. I was that talking was, all day enough. long. Yeah. So, which I didn't know was giving me, you know, a little bit of help on the mic for what was to come in the future. Now it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, being that you started out on, on the radio, uh, I know yeah. that you are a big fan of, of music. Um, oh Yeah. Did that attribute to your love of music or were you always uh, a big musical person? Because I know you love the Beatles. Uh, yeah. So did, no, did that help I, or was it always in you? It was always in me. I mean, but I have to say finding radio was the first time that I loved what I did for a living. You know, it's like it was the first time I didn't have to wear, you know, pantyhose and the suits and this and that. And <laughs> it was a completely different vibe for what was successful, you know, because up until that point, I thought being a success meant, you know, you had a steady job, you wore the suits, you had the briefcase, mm -hmm. you had the title and that you made it. And I found out once I got to that point that I absolutely hated it. So when I found radio, I'm like, I get to listen to music all day and make friends and talk for a living. Like, as far as I was concerned, that was like as good as it got. Voiceover at that point hadn't even occurred to me as an option. So I thought I was set for life. As a DJ. But it makes for an interesting segue because, you know, so you you did radio for for some years and then, you know, what I think is is cool about your transition. Um, some voice actors, you know, well, I was in theater for 15 years or I was in music yeah. for 10 years. Um, your path was a little different. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think that makes for not only a, a cool story. But also shows you, boys and girls, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And, Absolutely. And to, and to think that, you know, you grew up in the South, I grew up in the South. No one expects yeah. some Southern folk to be out here talking voiceover and things. Like, no, they do not. Doing, talking girl? pretty. No, using them big words. No, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, I have to say, you know, when people ask, you know, how do you get into voiceover? How did you get into voiceover? You know, what I found, my story aside, like, I don't think anybody has the same story, which is one of the things that's so cool about this industry. It's also one of the things that makes it difficult to recommend people this one straight path to get, quote unquote, into voiceover. You know, because I tell people, like, there's there's a million different ways to, to get in so um, and everybody's kind of been different. And for me, it was radio. And, you know, you'll hear from a lot of other people, you know, being a radio DJ is the kiss of death because you sound like a radio person. And for a lot of people, that's true. You know, in radio, you can get into some bad habits because it's not necessarily voice acting per se. It's more just about being a regular person who just has to read you know, whatever liner notes and stuff that's in front of you and you have to do it in a friendly voice and be pleasant enough and just be the neighborhood friendly DJ. And that's about the, all that's required for you from you. So it doesn't necessarily work the exact same set of muscles. But for me, it was very, very helpful because it helped me to learn how to edit my own audio, hey. which was huge when you're starting a home studio from scratch. Absolutely. And you know, help me to learn how to talk on a microphone like I'm talking to one person and, and that the one person is my best friend and be quote unquote conversational. Um, so I learned a lot of those basic skills that take a lot of people very, very long to master because they're just not used to that kind of exposure. So for me, radio was actually a blessing more than it was a curse. But I know some people have to work to get out of their bad radio habits when they get into this field. Yeah, I, I hear that often. 
um, yeah. a lot of our contemporaries. Well, I was a radio guy for 20 years and it took me another five years just to get rid of my radio voice. Um, mm-hmm. But I like that you took it and was like, you know, it, it's not the curse that you all think it is. It, it actually helped me out. Um, Absolutely. So Little Mara, because <laughs> I know a lot of people, at least in my family, will tell you I was this was me all the time. Uh, were, were you an active kid? Were you kind of to yourself? Or was it like, man, wash your mouth, girl? Like, like what was Little Mary growing up? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I, can, I don't know if I can even speak on that. My mom would definitely be a better point of reference. I mean, I've... Uh, I've always had a big personality. I will say that, you know, I'm I'm from the South. Um, we just, we speak our minds. Um, Amen. You know, my mom, she just, she just raised us to always speak our minds. And, and, and so we were big in that sense, me, my brothers and I, um, in terms of that, you know, if we had something to say, you'd, you'd probably hear it and, and very loudly at that. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I mean, I was always highly shy and introverted, um, which I still am to this day. And a lot of people don't realize that because I, I guess I'm a good actor, but, um, you know, I'm good at playing extroverted and, and being extroverted in situations where I need to be. But I mean, most of the time, I, you know, in school, it's like, it, once you got to know me, you know, I was the clown, but if you didn't really know me, you would think I was the most quiet, nerdy, you know, person. So yeah, it was just one of those things you kind of had to get to know me to know my real personality because otherwise I was probably more withdrawn, but people who knew me, people who, you know, I've gotten in touch with now who knew me back in the day, they're just like, Oh yeah, I, I have, I have no doubt that you're a big personality and talking for a living and all these things and these characters, cause you were always a character. So it's, it's interesting to hear from other people because yeah. I kind of see it both ways. So, yeah. You know, it's, 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 um, it's crazy to me that, Growing up in, for me, I was I was born in '74, so my '80s yeah. were my formative years, and it was not yeah. always cool to to be the nerd or the geeky guy. Mm-mm. Fast forward thirty years later, and it's cool to be a nerd. I'm like, but I've been that forever. Now y'all like, yeah, y'all y'all like yeah. my culture. Y'all like the, the nerds <laughs> now. We we in, but y'all wasn't with us back in the day. <laughs> it's true. Nerds are like hot now. Nerds are cool. And I never thought I'd see the day either. I remember like years ago, I found this amazing book and it was called The Geeks Shall Inherit the Earth. Wow. And it was literally about that. It was talking about people like Steve Jobs and 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 um, uh, Bill Gates and all these other people who in school were like the losers mm-hmm. and this and that. And now they're the rock stars and the billionaires. And, you know, I think Elon Musk was, you know, picked on and was, you know, but those are the people now who were like, oh my God, those are the heroes of the world, you know? So it's funny how nerddom has suddenly become cool. Even just, you know, gaming, mm-hmm. like video games have now become bigger than films, which is just outrageous yeah. to me that like esports stadiums are literally filling up bigger than, than rock they concerts have one here and, in Vegas, and films. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's just kind of mind blowing to know that like these silly little nerdy hobbies that we had when we were younger playing video games or or programming computers and all these different things that I used to do are suddenly now like a hot thing where you could be making six figures. Um, Man, listen, I remember back in the day, you know, what streaming is now, we had this thing kids call LAN parties. Yeah. And you had to get about 15 computers lined up. Absolutely. Now they have corporate sponsors who'll take care of that for you. Corporate sponsors. Give you like, can you wrap your head around that? To go and do this. I know. Like it's it's unreal. It's it's totally wild to me. But yeah, it's it's like a thing. It it is. Like, who knew? And um, you know, we I guess we we grew up in the right time because now we get to reap the benefits of it. Uh, uh, until AI takes over, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it it it, it amazes me. Um, and I'm sure this is something you can attest to that you have people that will reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, it's so cool that I'm playing this game and it's like your voice, like talk, talk to, to folks who, um, you know, are, are big gamers and 
being that we're in voiceover, we we I don't I wouldn't say it's an obligation, but I just think it's the right thing to do that we interact with the folks who are spending their 50, 60, 70 bucks to buy these games. And um, if, if there's going to be a convention or, hey, I'm, I'm doing something live and you may have someone that will say, you know, I was going through a real bad thing and I watched this uh, animation that your voice was in and I could resonate with the character. I played this game where I was bullied, but in the game, I'm a badass and it was your voice. And, and like, how does that feel when you have folks that yeah. are going through whatever they're going through and knowing that your voice contributed to, to bringing them out of the situation? It's just, it's indescribable. You know, I hear stories like that a lot and it's still, it's still a process for me to step back and realize that, that, that is my voice behind these things. It, it's really funny. Like I, I don't even know how to describe it. I have like this separation between myself and my work a lot of the time. Um, you know, when I when I go to other voiceover celebrities like Twitter feeds or, or their TikToks and they're doing impersonations of their their characters yeah. and things like that, and I see how the fans just lose their mind. But then when people ask me like, oh, do that voice, I'm just like, why? Like, why do you want me to do that? <laughs> and I cannot possibly wrap my head. I'm like, why do you want me to say anything? And it doesn't occur to me that like, you have that same impact and that same responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I take it very seriously though, at the same time, um, because I just know how important it is to see somebody who looks like you in a game or see somebody who you, you feel could be you or a better version of you in a game um, and, and to help be a part of that coming to life for that person. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of role models that looked like me. I remember I was, I dressed up like Wonder Woman all the time. And, you know, Linda Carter was great, but she looked nothing like me. No. And, you know, it wasn't until I saw Storm in an X-Men comic that it was like, whoa, like, it's like light bulb went off. It's like, oh yeah, I've never seen that before. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, like she's beautiful and she's powerful and she can be in a comic book too. And it was just suddenly like this sense of permission that we can be in this space and that, oh yeah, we're not just relegated to some <laughs> maid or slave or background, you know, irrelevant character. We can we can be significant in, in our contribution to society and our contribution to humanity and and uh so now to fast forward and be in these roles where i am playing storm and 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 i'm seeing the marvel logo you know <laughs> and my name is right but you know it's just kind of like it's like it makes your head explode you know and the responsibility of that i just i take very very seriously so i i get it i really do get it no i, I think it, it's cool um there's a there's a young man he uh he's on the spectrum yeah. and i remember him reaching out to me and he has a podcast and he's like i want you to be on the podcast because you're my favorite voice actor and i'm like mm -hmm. where is the hidden camera because y'all punking me right now <laughs> right i know it exactly and That's what it feels like it, it it stemmed from him playing madden and I play oh this uh, DJ in the Madden uh, game, DJ Tremo, big stretch. And, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, welcome to Superstar KO, where we playing tracks and talking smack. He's like, I love your yes. commentary. And, um, you know, I hadn't had that kind of interaction with, with uh, anyone. I didn't have fans, per se. And I remember yeah. um, I started posting my stuff on Instagram. And I start getting these DMs and, you know, sometimes when you get DMs, you're like, I don't know who that person is. It's, it's in that other mailbox and you don't want to click on it, but I'm clicking on and it's like, Hey, are you like really the guy in man? Cause, um, I, I play all the time. And I'm like, yes, yeah. yeah. we're filling up my inbox because there's like, I found the guy. So yeah. what I would do is I would take my phone and. I'd like a, a 10 second clip. Hey, you found me. So, and they would just <laughs> all of a sudden, then 10 more kids. I'm like, oh, he told his friends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Open up a can yeah. of worms. Are you really DJ Tremo? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's me. And then he told his Check friends. the name. But Dave Fanoy told me something 
um, years ago when this started to happen for me and, and people started to recognize me um, yeah. from my voice. And I was like, Dave, how do you do it? Because, you know, Walking Dead and, you know, fill in the blank video game animation that you've done over the years and people yeah. know and love you. I don't know how to deal with fans. Like, what do you do? He's like, you know, always treat them like regular people, you know. Absolutely. Because these people are investing uh, time and money into something that we also get paid for, but they get the enjoyment because we provide the enjoyment for them. And I'm like, absolutely. And beat that. So, yeah. So true. I used to, I used to kind of shy away from it, but now if yeah. someone hits me up, and, as a matter of fact, a guy emailed me today. Um, they got a fancy football uh, podcast. And he was like, hey, man, we're, we're doing the playoffs and we all play Madden. Would you like do your Madden voice for our, uh, our playoff um, <laughs> snippet? It's like 30, like 30 seconds. We'll pay you. I'm like, you don't have to pay me. I, I'm going to do it because, A, you, you know that I do it in the game and you, and you want it. Right. You know, Merry Christmas. So. Right. <laughs> do you remember your very first two part? So do you remember your first VO gig? And cool. do you remember when you said, so I, I ain't got to go back to the radio station no more. I can just, <laughs> I can just do this because this is where it's at. Well, let's see. My first VO gig, I mean, it just depends on what you count as officially VO. I mean, I was... I officially went full-time in VO in August of 2008. That's when I quit radio and I walked away and didn't look back um, after almost eight years uh, on three stations. But um, before that, I had been doing, I had been doing like, you know, I telephony, you know, <laughs> vo phone, phone system yeah. voices for different friends in the area who had businesses, small businesses. They'd be like, hey, you, you have a great voice. And, you know, my hubby, you know, he knew how to engineer all that stuff and record me and, and master and make it sound nice. So I had been doing little off gigs like that for the longest time since 97. Yeah. Um. So that was like my first foray into it. My actual first like on a voice acting website, like a pay to play website was a, um, my first booking was, um, it was a little, it was like a webisode for a company called T180 Studios, which apparently was an offshoot of a Walt Disney, the Walt Disney company. Um, and they would do these random shows and things like that. Um, it looked, they were kind of, kind of almost like BuzzFeed, I think, Yeah, you know, just comic shows and stuff like that. And I got hired for like a hundred bucks to play the sexy voice on this like infomercial. Right. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever that like for an hour's worth of work, I was getting a hundred bucks, wow. you know, not knowing that it was not that big. A no. <laughs> yeah. At the time, you know, when you're, when you're making 30 grand a year in radio, that was like, hell yeah, this is amazing. But then I realized like, oh, I got to do this every day and get insurance and everything else and make right. this a full-time thing and yeah it's not so easy so yeah that's when i started connecting the dots but that was my first like foray into like recording as a voiceover artist officially you know starting my own business stake in the ground yeah my very first uh paid vo believe it or not uh because growing up in miami i am uh inundated with various cultures uh you have uh haitians who speak creole you have yeah yeah dominicans puerto ricans cubans so i pick up on dialects pretty good um okay this guy had me read a psa that was going to be on the radio in colombia of all places telling oh. kids to say no to drugs okay. jokes there <laughs> So wait, you're telling kids in Colombia to say no. To it's a good place to start if you got to start I mean, somewhere. Uh, I mean, come on. on, come on, right? You know, think about it. And I ain't trying to be that guy, but the... that's hilarious. but I, I I read it and um, I sent it in, and it was it was on a pay to play site, and it paid yeah. me two hundred bucks. And I remember the guy emailing me. He's like, you know. For a gringo, you you do that pretty good. For a gringo, I can't believe he told me that. First of all, I'm like, eh, but 
<laughs> oh God. So yeah, that was my first one. Um, yeah. And you, you, you talked about, um, you voicing storm, uh, mm-hmm. which is an iconic, not just an iconic Marvel character, but just an iconic character. And then if we go deeper, she's an iconic character of color. Yeah. Um, how have you seen the landscape change for um, not only women in voiceover, but women of color in voiceover uh, from when you began till now? <laughs> I mean, they're finally asking for us, for starters. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's just put it this way. When I started, um, it was quite the norm for a white person to be doing audio blackface and sounding like us. And we, we know a few oh, amen. by know name, whose, whose names we will not mention, um, who've made a killing sounding like us or pretending to sound like us or their version of what they think we sound exactly. like. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately the kind of unwritten rule was basically the majority of castings are for white people and, Unless we specifically ask for you for the urban market, mm. um, you probably won't see much, much material coming across. Um, and if you're a voice talent of color, unless we have something that's very niche, specifically targeted, usually commercially, for you know, or you know, say it's a political ad or a commercial or something like that, they really we weren't on a, on the radar, um, you know, and it was to the point where I. You know, I even put out a quote unquote urban demo. Because, I did that. Ooh. You know, we had yeah, to. You, you, know, you had to. You did. You did. And looking back in twenty, you, you looking in twenty twenty three, people are probably thinking like, "What is that? How ridiculous is that?" It's like you don't you understand. Don't understand. Right, the landscape right. has just changed very, very recently. We're now. Oh, we're trending now. <laughs> God knows for how long. But right now. Like diversity is hot. Diversity is in. It's like thinking about the people of the global majority. It's like, here we are. Suddenly people are like, oh, yeah, maybe they have something to say, too. And maybe they can't play lead roles. You think? You know, but I mean, before that was just not a thing. I mean, I I even heard that that was a case with with hit shows like Empire. You know, they said Empire, they did not want to make like a a major production and this and that. And then what happened was like, I think people started, um, what do they call it? Uh, VPN, people like from other countries were like, like using torrents and like VPNing the show from all over. And people saw how, how popular it was becoming globally and then started to give it more advertising and more of a platform and this and that, because as what always happens, you know, before what I call the black Panther effect, when we had to prove on a mass scale, Mm -hmm. we, we can fill audiences and we can can sell a hundred million dollar movie. We can sell a hundred million dollar movie and we can tell stories that matter just, you know, it's like, people don't understand, like we've had to adapt to white culture our entire lives and somehow we do it you know and a, and and a, a story is a story and and it doesn't always have to be so nuanced you know but we were just always an afterthought until i mean i would dare say until the past six years you That's know a pretty good window. Relatively That's new. a pretty good yeah. window uh i was just yeah. talking um to uh gabe kunda and uh enrique mm-hmm. joseph's yeah we were, amazing talent. yeah they are they are Two young casters just they they taking the world over, and oh, yeah. you know they were saying how uh, you said the Black Panther effect. They were mentioning the the George Floyd effect. Yeah, that too. And I can remember specifically, um, I had started doing uh, when I started getting very promo heavy. It was with ABC. Yeah, it was right around the the George Floyd, um, you know, murder and. ABC has sent me a script yeah. and I was doing this show called turning point, which was like a mini series that they were doing. And, um, it had just happened that George was killed. Yeah. And my, my stepdaughter, well, she's my daughter. There's no step. That's, that's my baby. She, that's right. I was, she was crying. Yeah. And she said, why do they hate y'all? To my black men, like, why do they hate y'all so much? Mm-hmm. And I really didn't have an answer. Yeah. And I said, well, baby, I, to be honest, they're just, they're, they're, they don't, I don't think it's hate. I say it's fear. Yeah. They, they fear us. And instead of 
trying to communicate that fear, the hate just propels it. And rather than try to understand us, they rather get rid of us. Absolutely. And I had so much <clears throat> venom in me. And now I'm like, yeah. I got to clear my head because I got to go do this promo and, and yeah. promo. But <laughs> when I saw the copy, I'm like, oh, now this is something different. They, they oh. don't want no tonight on ABC. They 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 wanted me to. So I feel that anger into the read. And wow. like, this is this is what we're looking for. Um, yeah. And I, I ran the campaign all the way through. So, you know, it's it's crazy that it takes things like that for mm-hmm. us to get on their radar when we've been here all along. You know, yeah. we can do different characters. We can do different accents and, and dialects, yes. you know, even though you got two people here from the South that have pretty good British voices. I'm just saying, but, um, <laughs> it's right. You know, we, we, we absolutely do. Oh, they did, but it's not that Irish chat. <laughs> but my point is that we can do it. And it's not very picture for you folks out there. I think you can't do it. But, you know, <laughs> you know, give us an opportunity instead of assuming that yeah. we can, you know, right. if we're going to fail, then let us fail, but let us fail big. You know, don't put exactly. us in that box like, well, I didn't think you could do it. Did you ask? Did you try? Exactly. And sadly, you know, I have heard some people say, you know, well, I did try and it didn't work out. And it's like, because of the very reason you mentioned, we have not been given enough opportunities. You know, you, it takes 10,000 hours to become a master of any field, you know, like Mozart didn't come out of the womb a master. He was playing, I think, since he was three years old. And by the time he was discovered at six or seven, he got his 10,000 hours. Like when you study geniuses of any field, Mm -hmm. you find out that those people somewhere along the way, you know, Bill Gates was not some, some, you know, genius, you know, out of the womb. If you look at his history, he had a long track record of being given access to free computers and and training and things like that. And that's the thing. We have not been let into the rooms until recently. So you can't expect us to to, to come into the room sounding as as competitive as people who, ha- who have been allowed to fail and to and and have been forgiven to to not sound so great in their first years and their second years and this and that. And, and so that's, what's been a frustration for me is I've, I've, you know, I've, I've had this battle with, with various producers and casting directors where, you know, they're just like, you know, I tried, you know, I tried hiring more diverse, but it's like the sound quality the this, the that it's like, well, you know, it may take a minute and no, of course, nobody wants to be the first to take a chance on Mm -hmm. people, but that is exactly the the source of the problem. And I, I don't know what the, the answer is to solve it overnight. But the problem is we have historically not even been allowed into the rooms to to polish our chops. You know what I and like? To get to the too? point to catch up. Um imagine a kid in the inner city. Uh he can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball. But mm-hmm. all the baseballs that he's throwing are worn. Yeah. He'll never get the shot that the kids over at the country club who maybe he throws a 80 mile an hour fastball, but his baseballs are pretty. His uniforms are clean. First of all, he has uniforms. <laughs> number one. Yeah, exactly. So you're already ahead. You got uniforms, new balls, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a field that can rival any major league park. This other yes. kid is throwing on dirt with may have glass and whatever else in the field and this old ass exactly. baseball. So you exactly. can't say, well, we gave him a shot, but did you really? Did you, did you really? to your to your chinchy club and say, hey, use one of these new balls and let's see how you throw? No. And it's the same thing in VO. I've heard that same story. Well, his, his production quality was terrible. Yeah. And here's why. Maybe he doesn't yeah. know how to edit. Maybe he doesn't know that he has to have a, a, a room treated a certain way. Yeah. If you then take them out of that element and put them in a studio and they're like wow i didn't know that could come from him you didn't right. try right right so it it um it infuriates me because i've had people that i have i have coached and i'm like dude why are you not out here killing it well i yeah. really got the opportunity and people say well 
you know, your your equipment was bad and this and that. And I'm like, did they try to help you get some better equipment to, you know, enhance your sound? And now they just told me, you know, I, I ain't got it. I'm like, that's not true. One of, I got a young man who I coached with him and he's from the Washington, D.C. area. If you know anybody from D.C., they have a certain uh, accent in, in there. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, they told me I couldn't do VO because of my D.C. accent. I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't want you to, he, he wanted to get rid of it. I'm like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and I, I, I coached him up on how to take some of it out. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. He called me absolutely. one day and he was like, coach, I'm like, what's up? I just got an offer for a commercial. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is real, but it's like, you know, they want to pay me, I, I think it's like 10, 15 grand. Yeah, but I don't sound. I said, now you're understanding. Mm-hmm. Everybody's ear is not gonna like how you sound, but it's gonna be a few ears that do. Don't focus on the ears that don't want you. Absolutely, and that is one trend that absolutely has changed for the better that I have seen since I first started full time. You know, uh, several years back, is that now. People don't care so much about regionalism and this and that. What mm. what is king is personality, authenticity, sounding real. You don't have to have perfect diction. You don't have to. You need to sound like a real person talking to real people, completely unaffected. And if you happen to have a little bit of a dialect, so be it. Will having a dialect that you can't absolutely get rid of and make more neutral be, pose a problem for certain projects? Absolutely. I'm just keeping it real. You do need to be aware. I mean, we are musicians as far as I'm concerned with our voices. We are wind instruments. We have to take care of it and we have to know how to play it. And we, you know, you have to know the difference between playing jazz versus playing classical versus playing rock. And you will be asked to adjust the way you play your instrument. And you need to get familiar enough with your instrument and tuned in and spend those 10,000 hours to be able to make those modifications as needed. But at the end of the day, no matter what accent or affectedness you have on it, the more you sound like a real person who believes what they're saying, who is comfortable in their own skin behind this microphone, where I'm not thinking about the fact that there's a microphone here, that's what's going to book the job at the end of the day, period. And that's a trend that I'm loving. Yeah. Seeing uh, right one now. of my good friends, Gary Scales from Nashville, yeah. Tennessee, and he used to always He's like, man, they ain't trying to hire me, man, because of my accent, man. I said, look, <laughs> you, you're marketing to the wrong people. Yeah. I said, you're in the deep south. So right. that means maybe reaching out to and and not trying to generalize it, but I like go to a barbecue place. Um, yeah. You know, go find a mom and pop store that maybe reasonably is the, the top chicken place, whatever. I said, but... Um, Blues music. I said, "There's, there's a place yeah. for you now." Absolutely, I'm seeing all types of uh southern blues festivals. There you go. He, he got a couple of gigs where he was doing some regional spots, but I'm like, "You found that place for you." Absolutely. And I and I always tell him that, look, man. Remember, years ago, you you thought you couldn't find a home for VO, and now. You know, exactly. Such and such blues festival comes, and I'm hearing them. Y'all come on down, man. We gonna be like, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's more of a niche market, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you find your home, and you can nail it like nobody else, you know, you can get some serious client loyalty to where you can you can secure you're, you're doing those festivals for the next 10 years and and then you're you're working for other sister companies and then you're doing you know lawnmower companies and what like you said mom and pop whatever it may be like there's money in these towns there's money everywhere and yeah the 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 point is like you know really spend the time refining and honing who you are and get comfortable with that get comfortable with your voice because people would rather hear a true voice and a true person with an accent than somebody who's affected, who sounds perfectly neutral English. Absolutely. So I, um, I recall the first time I met you, you said you got into it in 2008. I met you in 2012. Yeah. 12. Um, and it's, you know, I, I I think about it because 
and I was talking to some other folks about it, I didn't see a lot of us out there. Mm-mm. But when you saw, it was like, what you doing here? Right. <laughs> this happened. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and um, you know, at, at VO Atlanta this year, seeing, and I was talking to, to Gabe and Enrique about this, you know, yeah. seeing the abundance ah. of, of folks yes. of color now, just, you know, it's, we are the weeds that they can't kill. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Pluck one, three more are going to pop <laughs> Sorry, folks, we ain't going nowhere. Um, I think it's it's so cool to see that one that more people of color are interested in getting Absolutely. into this work, and then to take it a step further, they good, they are mm-hmm. good, good. Of course. And, you know, we've known it from the jump that. Right. You know, we, we, we talked about it earlier, just having opportunities. But I think sometimes people don't understand um, how hard it is. And even though we have reached a certain level of success, there are still yeah. folks out here that, you know, when we come into rooms, it's kind of this, like, what are they doing here? Mm-hmm. It, it seems like the leash on us is shorter than for everybody else. And, I, you know, I can't say that I have any specific instances where I've necessarily seen that directly, but I, I, I feel it. I mean, that's, let's just face it. That's just the reality of being a person of color. I mean, my whole life, you know, I just kind of had it in me that I had to, being a, a female person of color, I had to work three times as hard to get half the credit. And that's just always my motto. And frankly, that's why I am where I am today is because I didn't stop when everybody else was like, that's enough. Like, yeah, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to train on this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make sure everybody knows that I'm the best because I didn't feel like I had an option because for the very reasons you said, we don't get the same credit. You know, we're the first ones to be blamed, the first ones to be um, accused of being lazy when God knows, you know, we, we built this damn country. Man, tell it. You know, um, you know, I mean, it's just, but we're the first ones to be accused of, of of not doing enough, not trying enough, not not this and that or whatever. And it's like, if you really look at it, it's like, we're used to hard work, number one. We're, we, it's like hard work is, is our middle name. Uh. Number two... Um, so we're, we're used to working, you know, extra to get a little bit of the credit. We're also used to the fact that, oh God, what was my other point? Um, oh snap, these live things. Hold on. It's coming to me. We got that. (laughs) (laughs) Just basically, oh, code, code switching. Oh boy. Come on. I mean, you want to talk about being adaptable in terms of of your audience and knowing how to switch up. My whole life has been code switching. One of the biggest challenges that I've had coming into this industry is people tell me to sound like you. I'm like, which you do you want? Hmm. Because as a Louisiana Creole, my whole life, I, I was never black enough. I was never white enough. I just, I was in this gray area where People, no matter what, had a problem with how I sounded mm-hmm. and told me that I should sound a different way. And it gave me the biggest complex. So the idea of speaking for a living, yeah. where I had to like defend it and speaking as myself, right. comfortably as myself, what the hell did that even mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, and we all code switch to a degree. You know, I tell people all the time, the the you that you are with your spouse is not the same you that you are with your kid. Nope. Is not the same you that you are with your boss. Is not the same you are with your mama. It's not like we we shift into different shades of who we are depending on who we're talking to. So when all of a sudden the mic's in your face and they're like, just be you. Talk like you're talking to one of your girlfriends. Which girlfriend? And you know, and like okay. how comfortable am I? Am I with this girlfriend? Well, the bougie girlfriend or the hood girl? That's what I'm saying. Trust me. You don't want to put my hood girlfriend on the air right now <laughs> like you don't want to hear how i sound when i'm really getting down right. you know what i mean so it's such a head trip but if anybody knows how to adapt to that guess who it is it's us we know that. how to shift we know how to move into those spaces so i find it so funny and ironic that we're given 
we in the past historically have been giving le- less chances to shine in that arena because it's like, honey, we're the masters of that. I'm telling you. <laughs> Like living in another world and pretending that it's ours and adapting, that's what we do all day. If anybody knew, you know, just uh, bring them on over here. We'll get you right. <laughs> that's it. What do you, you know, find so- um, most satisfying about the work that you do? You know, I think oh, because we are trapped in these rooms all day, every day, um, yeah. and we're just doing the work. Is there ever a time where you like, man, that project I did for so-and-so was really fun. Or I enjoyed when I did those three characters and people were like, wait, all three of those were you? Like, like yeah. where, do you, where do you get your satisfaction from that still gets you up? And, and, and not talking about financial, because, yeah, we, we make pretty good piece of change. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, what gets you going like, okay, I get to be this person today and feel good about it what what gives you satisfaction in that regard i mean number one i mean just the fact that we get to to play and and get paid is just still mind-blowing to me i mean you know you i I know you're in the same boat with me like we would do this for free we would pay people to do this regardless we did do it for free yeah we did (laughs) you know so the idea that we get paid to do it is just still a head trip to me in the first place because it's like wow i I, you know, I just stood in my room for 30 minutes and got paid and, and I got to play these characters and be silly. And it, and like and I, I had a guilt complex about it for the longest time because I'm like, I don't even feel like I'm working, you know, even though I busted my ass. To get yes. <laughs> You're talking about 10,000 hours. I'm, I'm putting a good 50. Like I you name it. I have tried it. I have done it. I, I have I have been talking nonstop for a long time. This did not happen overnight. But um. There's just so many different things. I mean, number one, knowing that I get to play, that I get to be a part of this representation that is so important, that I've realized is so important that I didn't have growing up to realize that, you know, I can look around. I I wish I could zoom out and kind of show you my studio. My studio is filled with the, this is not just art on the walls. This is, these are sound panels. These are art sound panels of characters that I have performed. And when I look around, you know, there's there's all these beautiful goddesses of color yeah. in major AAA video game franchises, you know, where I'm a lead character. And to know that I have so many that I can put on the wall and so that 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 there's that many heroes that people can look up to mm-hmm. that I'm in a in a way partially responsible for contributing to. Like I said, it just makes my head explode with excitement. It's just like, God, I would have killed to have had that. And God, how exciting is it that people have it now and and that I can be in any part of this is just mind-blowing to me. But when I went into this, I I always said I wanted to, before I even got into voiceover and even knew what voiceover was, I wanted to find a way to use my voice, whatever that meant, to help other people. Yeah. Um my mom actually had a vision when I was a kid. Um, she said, you know, she saw me, you know, of course she couldn't envision me as an adult because I was like, you know, three <laughs> or whatever, but she sees me as a baby at a podium and she says, I'm speaking to this sea of people, you know, and I'm influencing all these people and I'm saying like really important things mm. and just influencing all this stuff. And I take it as that it's probably somehow translated into what I'm doing now that I'm speaking. She obviously couldn't imagine social right. media at the time. And so I'm thinking maybe it's that, but she still thinks I have bigger things to come. Who knows if that's true? You know, I thought when I became one of the voices for Joel Osteen, that maybe that was it. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm sending the good word and, and speaking on behalf of somebody who's, you know, doing positive things for, yeah. you know, who knows what it is, but just that the fact that I get a platform through these characters big enough to have enough people follow me that if I do want to log in tomorrow and say something that might save a life or, you know, uh, help somebody who's in a in a stuck place where they they think they have no hope, have hope all of a sudden and hang on a little longer that those strangers now can listen to me. And I can I have the the influence because of this fun job mm-hmm. to change somebody's life for a better. That's the part to me that blows my mind. It's like I get to, to do this fun stuff. And at the same time, people care enough about the fun stuff that they actually want to listen to what I have to say. Not that I, I'm all important, but just it gives me that platform to do something on a bigger scale. 
And, and so that's what's the coolest part for me. Speaking of platforms, um, yeah. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but at the time of this, uh, we're in December of 2023. Uh, yeah. You were honored last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, again, in a business that we are isolated from the world, uh, for folks to take time out, no pun on the show, but I'm just saying that's what it's called. But for folks to take time out <laughs> and and say that you are someone that that we admire, that we respect, that we acknowledge uh, and, and coming from your peers in the industry. Uh, how, how did that make you feel? I, I know that, you know, you you kind of stay in the shadows and and. And you're an introverted person, but to be on display uh, in front of all those folks who were basically saying, we see you, girl. We see you, Cher. Like, <laughs> yeah. How did that feel? Um, I see it's, it's getting to you now. Yeah, I just like it was um, it was it was incredible. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to put it into words. It was absolutely incredible. Um, is it, these are people who are heroes to me, people who I look up to and admire for the incredible good that they have done for our community, um, just fighting 24-7 um, to, to keep us alive uh, as actors, to keep our careers thriving. Um, you know, when the union, you know, unfortunately... I think a third of union members wound up getting dropped from their healthcare yeah. uh, because they suddenly didn't qualify because of the new requirements. You know, these guys stepped in and said, we're going to find a way to take care of actors and, and make sure that you can get your basic healthcare needs. And, and we're going to find a way to create a fund where if somebody's in a rough spot and, you know, let's face it, even, even union actors get in rough spots. Oh, I mean, it. I don't yeah. think, you know, I, I don't think people realize like g making it into the union is not some sort of like it's not a cure -all. golden ticket. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. And 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 I don't think most people realize only it's either only twelve or at most seventeen percent. I think it's literally twelve percent of all union members even qualify, make the twenty seven five yeah. or whatever it is that you need to make a year to qualify for healthcare. I still so, check to be sure, even though I know I got them. Yeah, right. right. Oh you, you don't know. It's a small number we're yeah. in, you know what I mean? And uh, so when I've just seen in the past year, um, what the, what NAVA, the, the National Association of Voic yes. Voice Actors has been doing. I mean, when I tell you nonstop, like you could text any of these guys right now, a part of this team, and they will probably respond in less than an hour. I don't know how they yeah, do it. They are superhuman. They have often. Uh, we don't <laughs> talk as much because he is. I mean, this dude could basically run run for Congress right now. I'm telling um, you. Yeah, and they do a lot of stuff for our community. Um, so much stuff, and they are just unsung heroes. Um, and and I love them so much. And so for them to turn around and. Even before I donated, apparently they were planning on honoring me, which just makes my head explode. Um, Cause like you said, I, I, I tend to lay low. I don't, you know, I, I, I try to, to, to keep my nose to the grindstone, to focus on giving my best at all times and, 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 and giving back and hoping that things make a difference. But I, I just, that's kind of where it ends. And so to turn around and see that, it's influenced other people and and that and to be recognized for it and appreciated for it by such amazing human beings there's just there's no words so i mean yeah, i can been... I, I'll, I'll share something with you uh we we will we both have crowded on each other's uh i miss it plenty of times <laughs> but um you know when i am researching work usually most guys will go look at other guys' work I go look at yeah. your shit. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm like, I love that. Yes, I'm trying to not? be like right? that, and and I'm and I got a pretty good career <laughs> over here, you know. But I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know. There's getting the bag, and then there's being the bag. I want to be the bag. 
Be the best. You know? I love that, you know, because when I when I started doing this, that was one of the first things that was kind of my personal mission statement is I wanted to transcend gender. Um, you know, I, I I did not. I wanted people to think of my work and just be like, marriage, you know, badass marriage, you know, good work marriage, you know, we will put marriage, you know, up on the same spot that a man will be put up and against. And that has manifested itself yeah. into reality. You know, I'm doing, you know, I, I'm now a, a regular promo voice for Big Ten Network and I'm doing sports and I've done stuff for ESPN and Fox Sports and, you know, and that's just not common to hear. But that is absolutely intentional. It's not accidental whatsoever. I went into this saying, like, I don't want my genitalia to be a barrier to my my greatness yeah, you know it shouldn't be and i know it has been in the past and i hope to kick down those doors and change that and so help me god something's working because to hear from somebody as amazing as you to say that that you're doing that that's that was literally my goal so yeah. thank you i i love I, that i have no <laughs> ego to bruise you know i i, I go where the talent is and um thank you you know i've i've always been uh, a fan, not just because you my girl, but you know, <laughs> you, you have to acknowledge the work. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell people, and man, who are some people I should follow? I'm like, you need to go to her website and just sit there. <laughs> Don't come back to me unless you look been there 20 minutes. <laughs> Listen to it all. All of it here. All of it I say. I put a lot of content up there. Yeah. So yeah, you, you could be there a minute. <laughs> it's, all good. It, it's worth it. So my dear, as we uh rap um yes and if you know if you watch the show and for those of you who haven't shame on you uh <laughs> take time for trey or take time out rather um we like to talk about you know the business but we also like to talk about things outside of it so how does mara jr the vocal shapeshifter herself <laughs> when she's not mo-capping and p-capping and capping capping and she's away from the mics. How does she take time for herself? I might know some of it, but the folks don't know. Tell them what you're doing, girl. Oh, man, let's see. You know, first off, I just try to prioritize, you know, me time. I'm a big fan of naps. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you right now, I would not be where I am today if I did not schedule naps into my day. Got to have that downtime um, because I've just I've just learned, you know, you you can't always be up, up, up. Nothing in this world is constantly going up, you know, whether it's light, whether it's sound, wh whatever it is, DNA, everything is in this wave pattern. Right. And it took me a long time to get comfortable with being in the valley and that wave pattern. But I learned after burning myself out very hard, uh -huh. physically, mentally, psychologically, all that you have to get comfortable with the valley and you have to get comfortable with that that downtime. So uh, my downtime is very sacred. Um, I will turn my phones off, you know, do not disturb. It's it's me time all day. I, I play music on my keyboard. I, I play by ear. Um, so I, I'll sit and play, play music. I will sing. I will dance in my living room. I do yoga. Uh, and I also you know, make time to get together with friends. Um, one of the advantages of living in Los Angeles is that we have a big voice actor community here. And as you know, voiceover talent are the best. So I just try to surround myself with wonderful people who inspire me um, and 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 just chill with amazing human beings and 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 get more inspiration and and yeah and my cats and yes. you know my amazing hubby of course jordan reynolds yes. um and you know i i'm very fulfilled i have a, a very blessed life and i'm very very grateful for that Absolutely. so yeah that's kind of what i do hey dc and freya just saying <laughs> yeah they're screaming outside I right bet now they are like I'm late to feed them. So uh, So how do the fine folks uh, find you on these interwebs and socials and things to catch up with you? On the interwebs, I'm trying to get better at TikTok, y'all. You know, it is, uh, I'm trying to work on my TikTok game. But for now, you can absolutely find me on the gram. Uh, just look for my name, Mara Juno. Look for that silent T, M-A-R-A-J-U-N-O-T. Uh, also on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it is for now. <laughs> Don't know how long that's going to yeah. last because people are crazy and that place can be a bit of a cesspool. Indeed. But absolutely, uh, I would say absolutely the gram and getting a little better at LinkedIn as well. So that's probably your safest bet. All right. 
And a little more YouTube too. I'm gonna start start getting out. I like there. YouTube. Which yeah. podcast will be. So it's stupid. I it just occurred to me like every day I'm logging into YouTube. If I have a question about anything, if I want to see content, I go to YouTube and I'm like, why the hell am I not on YouTube? And it's just like it was like a light bulb. Like this literally, I'm talking two weeks ago. I'm just like, so why are you not on YouTube if you're always looking at YouTube? I'll be on YouTube more in 2024, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> So look for me there, too. And there it is. And there she is. <laughs> this has been Mara Juno. My share. Thank you so much. Thank you for having oh, me. I have had a good time. We done laughed. We done cried. I mean, it wasn't even supposed to be all that, man. Right? But, what um, you do? No, keep on doing what you're doing. I am very proud of you. Proud to know you. And, Likewise, um, my we friend. Hope you all have enjoyed this episode of Take Time Out with Trey. And until next time, we out of here. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Take Time Out with Trey Mosley podcast, part of the Titan Media Network. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcast. To see the video version of this, you can find us on YouTube on the Take Time Out with Trey Mosley YouTube page. Thanks for listening, or thanks for watching. Either way, we'll see you next time.